Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 299 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading John chapter 10 today and our focus is on how does our relationship with Jesus work? What does it look like? How is Jesus a good shepherd and what kind of life does he give us? Well, that actually sounds like a lot of things to talk about. So let's jump right in, right after I welcome some new listeners from Trinidad and Tobago, Western Australia, Uttar Pradesh, India, Portalagra, Portugal, Parts Unknown, Spain and Philippines, British Columbia, Canada, Salinas, California, Dallas, Texas, Tyler, Texas, Des Moines, Iowa, Beaumont, Texas, a lot of people from Texas today, Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, Sioux City, Iowa, Wilmington, Delaware, and Flint, Michigan. Thank you all for joining us. Do check out our website when you get a chance. It's Bible2021.com. And hey, if you'd be so kind, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Well, let's start off with a brief but important observation. We frequently on this podcast discuss the question, why did Jesus come to the earth? And today's chapter gives us one of the clearest reasons why Jesus came, and it's direct from his own mouth. He says in John 10.10, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Well, look, we could spend the whole episode and pretty much every episode this week talking about what it means to have life and have abundant life and how Jesus provides for it. But let's let Pastor Tony Evans briefly explain the abundant life of Jesus to us. He says, Jesus makes here a staggering promise that he will give us abundant life. He said, I've come to give you a different kind of life that will be lived at a different kind of level. And this different kind of life is supposed to be normal for the Christian, not exceptional. It's not supposed to be for a select few super saints. It's supposed to be available to every believer, regardless of race or class or background. It is the abundant life, a life full of meaning and purpose and joy and victory, not merely in heaven, but on earth as well. Well, second topic. The sheep or shepherd chapter is a pretty good description of our chapter today, John 10. In the Bible, there are 1,189 chapters, and the word sheep is mentioned about 187 times spread across those nearly 1,200 chapters of the Bible. John chapter 10, with 15 uses of the word sheep in its text, contains almost 10% of the entire uh, usage of the word sheep in Scripture. Similarly, the word shepherd appears about 120 times in Scripture, which is an average about one time every 10 chapters of the Bible. And yet we see it here in John chapter 10, seven times in like the first 40% of this chapter, which is more than 5% of the total uses of the word shepherd in the entire Bible. Look, sorry about all those numbers. I don't particularly like math myself, but I do love Bible math and I do love sports math. So I guess maybe there's a part of math I do like. And this math at least shows us that John 10 is as much or more concerned with the idea of shepherds and sheep than pretty much any other chapter in the Bible. Why is that a big deal? Well, because in this instance, Unlike many other uses of the word sheep and shepherd, Jesus is here talking about him and us, us and him, right? How 
our relationship with Jesus is going to work, and his description of our relationship with him is couched in the metaphor of sheep and shepherd. He is the shepherd, we are the sheep. Not only is he the shepherd, he is the good shepherd. Verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Well, not only is he the shepherd and the good shepherd, he's also the chief shepherd. And Peter's going to tell this in 1 Peter 5, 4, where he says, the chief, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Well, look, that means that ultimately no man is in charge of the church of Jesus. No prophet, pope, or pastor, or preacher can ever call the people of God his church in any sort of meaningful way. All of us are sheep, even pastors, and he is the good and chief shepherd. Well, what does Jesus do that makes him a good shepherd? (laughs) I'm glad you asked, because we see several reasons why Jesus is a good shepherd in today's chapter. For one, he sacrifices or lays down his life for his sheep. And honestly, everyone who would lead like Jesus should and must do the same. We won't necessarily die on the cross for the people we might be shepherding, but we should sacrifice ourselves for the people we lead because that's what our example did, the chief shepherd. Uh, John ten eleven says, as we already read, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Next thing. Jesus is the entrance. He's the way. He's the door. He's the gate for the sheep. The only way for us to get to the Father in heaven, he'll say in John 14, 6. And in John 10, 7, he says, I am the gate for the sheep. Well, next, Jesus knows us intimately and deeply. This is another reason why he's the good shepherd. He's not like that one celebrity you might met that one time who barely gave you a moment's attention and even that made your heart flutter. Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. He says in verse 3, I'm sorry, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own knows me. Well, he also knows your name. As we see in John 10, 3, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Well, not only that, but Jesus is the good shepherd because he leads his sheep and he shows us the way to go. John 10 says, when he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him. Finally, he leads us, his sheep, by his own voice, teaching them his words through the Bible and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Verse 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Well, what's our job as sheep? That's pretty simple, really to believe on the one who laid down his life for us, to go through him as the gate, the only way to the Father, and to know him, listening to his word, obeying his word, and following what he teaches. Well, let me close out with a just a fantastic letter from John Amazing Grace Newton. He wrote to a friend in answer, I think it was to her inquiry about his wife's health. And John Newton in this letter does tell of his wife's frequent illnesses and ill health. But notice how he talks about it, how he doesn't complain in the least, but has entrusted himself and his family to the care of the Good Shepherd. May we learn to do the same. Mr. Newton writes, The same good providence which has preserved you and yours has taken care of me and mine. But Mrs. Newton has sometimes been ill, no oftener and no more than we have been able to bear or than the Lord saw was most for our advantage. 
After so many years' experience of his goodness, we surely have reason to be convinced that he does all things well. At present, she is tolerably well. We are his sheep, says Newton. He is our shepherd. If a sheep had reason and were sensible of its own state, how weak it would be to withstand the wolf, how prone in itself it is to wander, how utterly unable to provide for its own care, it would have no comfort unless it knew that it was under the care of a shepherd and in proportion to the opinion it formed of the shepherd's watchfulness and sufficiency, such would its confidence and peace be. But if you could suppose the sheep had depravity, then it would act as often we do. Its reason would degenerate into vain reasoning. It would not trust the shepherd. It would find fault with his management. It would burden itself with contrivances and cares, tremble under the thoughts of a hard winter, and never be easy unless it was surrounded with haystacks. It would study from morning till night where to hide itself out of the wolf's way. Poor, wise, silly sheep. If you had not a shepherd, all the schemes would be fruitless. When you have broken your heart with care, you are still as unable to preserve yourself as you were before. And if you have a good shepherd, these cares are all needless. Is it not sufficient that he cares for you? Thus, says Newton, I could preach to such a sheep as I have supposed and try to preach to my own heart too. But though I know I cannot, by any study of mine, add a cubit or an inch to my stature, my height, I am prone to puzzle myself about twenty other things which are equally out of my power and equally unnecessary if the Lord be my shepherd. My friends, maybe you do the same. I know I do. I worry too much about things under the provident care of the good shepherd. And if I can't add a second to my life or an inch to my height, why should I worry about things that are bigger than that? Let's read John 10. John chapter 10, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus said again, Truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. 
I have received this command from my father. Again, the Jews were divided because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and he's crazy. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, these aren't the words of someone who is demon possessed. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's colonnade and the Jews surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I did tell you and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you're not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Again, the Jews picked up rocks to stone him and Jesus replied, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these works are you stoning me? We aren't stoning you for a good work, the Jews answered, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Isn't it written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called those to whom the word of God came, gods in the scripture cannot be broken. Do you say you are blaspheming to the one the Father set apart and sent into the world, because I said I am the Son of God? If I'm not doing my Father's works, don't believe me. But if I am doing them and you don't believe me, believe the works. This way you will know and understand the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Then they were trying again to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. So he departed again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing earlier, and he remained there. Many came to him and said, John never did a sign, but everything John said about this man was true. And many believed in him there. Amen. Well, we will close out with our Bible memory passage for the month of October, which is less than a week away from being over. Our passage is 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Let's read it together. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen, dear friends. May the love of God be in us and work through us. Good day to you and Godspeed.